excuse me, are we on? Oh, I think so. Thank you. Hello, it's Paul. It's Nessa. It's Paul and Nessa's Happy Hour. A sketch comedy podcast with added stuff and nonsense. Happy Hour is strong and tough. And only the best is good enough. The funniest jokes, sketches with power, Paul and Nessa's Happy Hour. Episode 10 is on me. Yay! Yay! Let's see a bit of chopping now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello, I'm Mrs Springs. I brought my laptop in earlier. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I've had a look at it. Uh, yes. And have you found the problem? Yeah. Uh, you know you said you thought it was a virus? Yes, I thought so. And uh, you thought that maybe it was a Windows 10 problem? Well, that's what people have been saying. Yeah, well, they're not right, I'm afraid. Oh. Yeah, no, you don't have a laptop, I'm afraid. What you actually brought to me was a dead dog. Um, sorry? Yeah, well, most people use a computer as a laptop. You, however, have been using the corpse of a dead spaniel. The man in the shop said it was a laptop. Yeah, no, this is definitely not a laptop. This is definitely a, a dead dog. Right. So have I lost all my work? I'd say that if you didn't do a backup recently, you've definitely lost all the work off your dead dog, yes. Oh. Can you fix it? It's gonna cost you. Welcome to another episode of Happy Hour. It's episode 10. Yay, we've made it to double figures. (laughs) Some said it wouldn't last. Yeah, yeah, but we've proved (laughs) the bastards wrong. (laughs) Actually, how long did the original Happy Hour run for? 55 episodes altogether. Yeah, that was it. Fifty. When Happy yeah. Hour was originally uh, out, when it first started as a radio show back in 2015, it ran for about a year and a half. Um, and this version's even bigger and better. And swearier. <laughs> yes, yes. Actually, we're planning uh, shows for the rest of the year, which we're really excited about. Yeah, um, we are. And yeah. a big special towards the end of the year, followed oh. by a, a double Christmas whammy. Yes, Double Christmas Wham. whammy. <laughs> um, and, and actually, we're also already planning and writing into next year's season, uh, which is going to be even better, bigger and better. Uh, so now we just need to keep building our audience. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Definitely. So thank you for downloading and listening. And please do spread the word. Share us, tell your friends and interact with us everywhere at PN Happy Hour. Yes, yes, yes. That mm-hmm. famous at PN Happy Hour. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, please do use it and uh, interact with us. And uh, let's get on with the show. Yay! Hello and welcome back to the final day of racing here at Burnmore. I'm Claire Alopecia. <laughs> horsey, horsey. In a moment, we're going to join Peter for commentary on the big race of the meeting, the 3,000 Guineas Adhesives Gold Cup. But first, I'm joined by trainer Sticky Henderson, OBE, and a former jockey, Tommy Stuck. Now then, gentlemen, there's been a lot of controversy recently around the sport of kings regarding the welfare of the horses. What's your thoughts on it all, Sticky? Yes, well, uh, I think it's uh, absolutely ridiculous. Uh, to suggest that we don't take care of our horses is just ludicrous. I mean, we, we treat them like family. For, for instance, I had a filly running in the last race, the Collagen Cup Chase, who is actually my wife. Your wife? Yes, and I look after her very well. 
I took her on a cruise around the Caribbean last month, and at last night, before today's race, I made sure we had a lovely five-course meal at the hotel restaurant before taking her up to the room and giving her a damn good seeing to. Ha ha ha! And she finished first! You mean in the race? No, I mean last night! <laughs> yes. Now, Tommy, what do you say to people who protest that these horses only have a short racing life, and after they're finished they go on to be used for other things which are, well, let's say not very pleasant, and not befitting of a majestic animal such as a horse? Well, I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's right at all. We, we ride horses every day, you know. We, we, we know them, you know. We know them. We know them better than anyone else does. Especially any of those bloody animal rights, tree-hugging, meat is murder, bloody unwashed student, protesting bloody bastard. And the trainers train them, and the breeders breed them, and we the jockeys ride them, and the flies just fly around the tails for a bit, which is a bit weird, but at least it gives a horse something to do with its tail, you know. And anyway, the point is, the horses know what they're getting into when they join the racing world, you know. I mean, they don't go into it with their blinkers on. Well, some do, but that's not the point. They have to, otherwise they just run around like headless chickens. And they're not chickens, they're horses, and they make good glue, and that's the point. And after all, we need to stick things to other things, don't we? Anyway, that's what I think. I got to go now. I got to go and sit in the sauna for three hours and get me weight down to five stone. Bye. Uh, right. Thank you, Tommy. There you go. Two very opinionated views from people at the top of the racing game. But now, it's time to go over to Peter for full commentary of the race. Thank you, Claire. And... They're off. They race away. And no more nails. Mr. Completely, he's got stuck in the gate there. Good start towards the inside by Superglue. Also breaking well is Pritstick. Plenty of pace out wide by Polyvinyl Acetate. Also prominent right down the centre is Evo Stick. Between those two horses, Yoohoo has also got a good sit. So too has Loctite. And through the first furlong and a half in the 3,000 guineas Adhesives Gold Cup. And as they reach the first fence now, and over they go, it's Super Glue, closely followed by Pritstick, with Evo Stick just half a length behind. Oh! Bostick has fallen. Uh, runner and rider both look to be okay. Uh, Bostick is up and running again without a rider, but has come unstuck there. Meanwhile, into the third furlong now, and it's Yoohoo making a show of it up on the outside there, just behind Polyvinyl Acetate, who's closely chasing Evo Stick, chasing Super Glue, who's now just half a length behind Pritstick, with no more nails bringing up the rear. And as they approach the last fence now, the famous stickers style, and as they go over, it's super glue, followed by Pritstick, followed by Yoohoo, followed by Loctite, followed by Polyvinyl Acetate. No more nails starting to make a run of it now as he edges in front of Evo Stick. And they're all safely over this time in this 3,000 guineas adhesives gold cup. It's down towards the final furlong now. It's Superglue who's burst through for the trainer, Paul Stickles. Opens up by a couple of lengths in short time. Yoo-hoo is giving chase towards the inside with no more nails really starting to find something from somewhere as they go inside the final hundred yards. Up front, driven out. It's Superglue, half a length clear of Pritstick, closely followed by Yoo-hoo. And look at this. No more nails is racing down the outside. He's flying past Polyvinyl Acetate, past Yoo-hoo. It's Superglue and no more nails now, neck and neck. Right the way to the line, just a few yards to go. And it's No More Nails, who just gets a nose in front. No More Nails crosses the line. What a race. The most exciting adhesive Gold Cup I can remember in a long time. And it's No More Nails who takes it. Followed by Superglue, followed by Pritstick, followed by Yoohoo, then Polyvinyl Acetate and Loctite with Evo Stick bringing up the rear. And it's back to you, Claire. Well, what a thrilling end to this meeting. The hotly contested 3,000 guineas adhesive Gold Cup. And it's a win for No More Nails. Ridden, of course, by Lester Stickett. That's it from me, Claire Alopecia, here at Bournemouth. Goodbye. (laughs) 
you laugh, jokes that make you cry, jokes that are really, really funny. Ha ha. Jokes. <laughs> Why are teddy bears never hungry? Why are teddy bears never hungry? Um, it's not anything to do with picnics, is it? Teddy bears picnics? Nah. The... It's because they're always stuffed. Oh, God. <laughs> These are getting worse. You're really going to have to up your game on the jokes. Nah. <laughs> Puny humans. I am the Gala, leader of the Graspatrons, your overlords, and we're in orbit above your planet, being besieged by the Bellafonte, a race of robot drones who've been reprogrammed by my ex-lover, Gerald, into aggressive florists. It's not my fault, I tell you. Of course it is. You reprogrammed them. Now take off that recreational immersion suit, drop it off at laundry, and see yourself out of my life forever! <laughs> Fine. The relationship had grown stale anyway. I hate these automatic doors. You can't flounce out. Stay strong, Murgy. Stay strong. Basically, the Pelafonte won't leave us alone until we've bought them some cut flowers. But we don't have any more money with us, and my credit card got maxed out by you lot a few weeks back when I accidentally gave you humans the details on air, and I'm still waiting for the appeal to refund the money. We can't attack their fleet because their drones have blocked all our missile ports with quick-setting potpourri, whatever that means. One of our ships tried, the rose-scented backblast wiped out half the crew and loitered for days after. Get off the line! You I keep telling you, we've got no money! We've got no money! Fine, have a go. Anything to break the monotony. What was that? Trooper, have we been hit? By the hefty hands of Saint Cyanide. What are you flapping about now, Cardinal Felsch? The Belafonte four company spaceships are being destroyed. We're saved. We've finally overcome the potpourri, whatever that means, problem. No, mighty one. It's a mysterious third party. They just zoomed in and opened fire. They're not recognised on our database. Then who are these saviours of the Graspatrons? And why? Yes, who's there? This is Contact Dave Watt Support. What? This is Contact Dave Watt Support. I know, I heard you the first time. I was just surprised, that's all. Seriously, the broadband people? You've blown up the Belafonte Floral Company fleet? That's right, customer. Consider yourselves rescued. You do have an all-inclusive package, remember? But... why? You have an outstanding balance on your account, customer. The Bellafonte wouldn't accept transfer of liability if they destroyed you, so we had to protect our commercial interests. I feel slightly ashamed for threatening to have you all killed now. That's okay, customer. And when would you like to clear the remaining balance? Plus today's call-out fee. Oh, for the love of Saint Cyanide! Uh, well, now, Nessa's just had to leave the studio for a few minutes. Uh, one of the cleaners down the corridor started choking on a piece of butternut squash. So Nessa's just gone to perform the Heimlich manoeuvre. Um, but... <laughs> Sorry, it's not funny. But I'm delighted to say that we're joined once again 
by Simone Butts. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Now, Hello. Uh, as always, Simone is here to read a heartwarming and hopefully an inspiring story of a real-life person, uh, accompanied, as always, by some appropriate mood-enhancing music. So, take it away, Simone. Thank you. This is the tale of a very troubled person who overcame adversity to face his problems and ultimately gain a kind of redemption. It's been sent to us by his carer, a Mr R Hargreaves, and it's about a poor little chap. We're going to call him Mr Sneeze. We're going to call him that because that's his name, Mr. Sneeze. <laughs> now, Mr. Sneeze had one big problem. To look at him, you'd think his problem was that he was basically just an irregular-shaped blue star with no arms on a pair of long blue legs. But no, no, that wasn't the thing that bothered Mr. Sneeze. What bothered him was that he was always sneezing. Mr. Sneeze isn't looking for pity here. He doesn't want you to feel sorry for him because he says where he lives in a place covered in snow called Coldland, that's a bit of a clue right there, right? He says that everybody and everything that lives there has a cold. Even elephants, apparently. <laughs> Mr. Sneeze lives in a land of snow where elephants catch colds. Go figure. Now Mr. Sneeze's life was becoming a misery. He couldn't do anything for sneezing and he really thought that this was it. That he couldn't carry on, that there was no way out for him. But luckily, one day, fate stepped in and lent a helping hand. And that helping hand came in the form of a wizard. Yes, a wizard. Mr. Sneeze was out for a walk one day, walking and sneezing, walking and sneezing, until he met this mysterious wizard who happened to be just hanging around on the outskirts of Coldland with nothing to do. Well, Mr. Sneeze got chatting to him, and before he knew where he was, he was pouring out his regular star-shaped heart to him. I'm sorry, do you find something funny? This is serious. Sorry. Quite what Mr. Sneeze is doing, choosing the advice of a weirdo in a long black gown and a pointy hat, rather than a qualified GP, is beyond me. But then, he lives in a land where elephants go around with blocked-up trunks so who am I to question any of his rubbish? The wizard told Mr. Sneeze that he was sneezing because he had a cold. A cold, he said, was something you get when you're too cold. Factually incorrect. But as I say, if you're going to seek a diagnosis from a Gandalf wannabe rather than a proper doctor, then what do you expect? You may as well put your symptoms into Google and hope for the best. But it all turned out for the best in the end Because the wizard waved his magic wand And made the sun come out in Coldland It melted all the snow And everyone in Coldland was jumping for joy Except the elephants, of course Because elephants can't jump 
But Mr. Snakes never forgets his troubled times, and he offers this advice to others who may want to avoid such troubles. Stay at home, always wear a mask, and don't touch anything until all the badness goes away. (laughs) Fucking hell. So what do you think is wrong with the car? Right, well, uh, I've had a quick look, and underneath the bonnet, uh, well, you've got Neptune. Neptune? Yeah, Neptune, the the god of the sea. He's in the coolant. Oh, is that a common problem with these cars? Well, I've been a mechanic for 20 years now, and I've never seen a mythical god in the coolant of somebody's car. No, it's, uh, it's not a common problem. Oh, I see. Do you think you can fix it? It's gonna cost ya. This ball's round, you can hear it's coming. His veins are coming up, his head's gonna explode. He's gonna go on and on and on. This ball's round. <laughs> I'm laughing just to soften the blow. I don't think I need any introductions here, do I? Go on. Well, we sniffing, it's a tough one. <laughs> As um, as many of my good friends will know, I am left-handed. Yes. I'm one of the 10% of people who are left-handed. And I'm probably halfway through my life now, and I'm getting a bit bored of living in a right-handed world, quite frankly. <laughs> I'm fucking sick of it. <laughs> and I'll tell you, I'll tell you where this came to a head on, in then. the last couple of weeks, right? Tape measures. Oh, God. Now, we were... Faffing about in the house as we usually do. We, I was yeah. measuring fridges, wasn't I? That's yes. the thing. We, we, we're thinking of treating ourselves to a new fridge. <laughs> That's irrelevant to the story. So I, anyway, I get the tape measure out and measure the hole. And, um, the gap. It's yeah, gap. where the fridge goes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Kitchen designer. And um, <laughs> as is natural for a left-hander, right, I hold the tape measure in my left hand and pull the, the tape bit out with my right hand. <laughs> well, of course, no, it's not designed for that, is it? No, because all the numbers are bloody upside down. Well, you're intelligent. You can read them upside down. Yeah, no, it's, that's just not easy, though, is it? It's not as easy as if you were right-handed Stand and you hold head. it with your right hand. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> and you pull the tape out with the left hand, then the numbers are the right way around. So then I, I thought, ah, ha, 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 I've had a Dragon's Den moment. <laughs> I could invent a tape measure for left-handed people. Well, of course, then I googled it, and it's already been it's already been invented, which I am glad to say it's already that already exists. So you know what to buy is for me birthday. I was just going to say scribbles down sounds. <laughs> but what you do? That's what you do. You hold it with the left hand, and you pull it out with the right hand. Pull the tape out with the right hand, and the numbers are the correct way around right. for me to read. So it does mean that they go backwards on the tape, which will be a freaky thing in <laughs> itself. But I'd rather get used to that than having to get used to holding it with my left hand, pulling it out. Oh fucking hell! Yeah, I forgot I live in a right-handed world. Here we go. Swap it round in my hand. Pull it out with my left hand. Oh, there you go. Now I can read the numbers. But I can't hold the tape measure because it's in my right hand and that's my weakest. Oh, look, I've dropped the tape measure now. And oh, it's fuck, everything's gone it's wrong. Splitting, it's cut you in all sorts. Exactly. That's another thing. There are two and a half thousand deaths every year of left-handed people trying to use right-handed implements. 
No. But I, I'm telling you. Well, what yeah. can be that dangerous that's between Power tools, right? scissors, knives, how like they... really sharp I'm knives. I'm sorry, no, I'm sorry, but how can you kill yourself with a pair of scissors just because you're using it in, a wrong, in your wrong hand? Because what you... Power tools, No, it's I not guess, about but... using it in your wrong hand. It's about try, get, trying to do, like cut things the wrong way around. I've done, I've done this loads of times, trying to cut backwards because... It's the way that the scissors are doing. Fuck, I've gone right on one now, haven't I? Cut backwards. Don't cut backwards then. Just put the scissors No, because in your the way that the scissors are designed, the, the top blade is is in, in a way so that you can a right-hander can see where the blade is cutting and can see the line that he's cutting. A left-hander is cutting blind. So I have to go all cat-handed to see what I'm cutting. I wish people could see what you're doing I'm, now I'm, to I'm, I'm, Yeah. <laughs> display now you go cack and it's like you're doing a highland dance oh man but other things like um cups the way cups are designed the way where the handle is it's either on the left or right you just yeah but if you notice you'll notice this though now right where the handle is on the majority of cups if you pick it up with your your right hand then the design what's on the cup is facing outwards so everybody can see the cup. I've got a brilliant cup that I bought in Swanage that says stupid twat on it, but nobody can see it because if I hold it with my left hand, the stupid twat looks at me. So I'm basically well, calling myself a stupid well, twat. Well, I was going to say, the most important thing is is that you can see what you're calling yourself. Everybody else knows you're a stupid twat. You just need to remind yourself. Stupid left-handed twat. <laughs> I'm Frank Drillbit. And I'm Veronica Bleach. And this is Newspipe, the hard-hitting investigative show where we pick the scab of news until it bleeds all over its own socks. Tonight, the chicken. Just where was this road and why was the chicken compelled to cross it? We have exclusive access all areas access to exclusively reveal the full story and joining me here in the news pipe talky room is the very chicken in question mrs chicken hello hello so tell us about this road crossing incident just how traumatic was it for you look can i just say this whole road crossing the road thing it's really been blown out of all proportion. I'm just a regular chicken wanting to go about my normal everyday business. You know, peck at some corn, do a few barks now and then. It's been rumoured that you were crossing the road to a chicken hut, no, perhaps. No, where you, no, no, You had at, at least one or two eggs in you. Look, that... I really want to lay it on the line. Ah, is that why you were crossing the road? What? You crossed the road because you had an egg and you wanted to lay it on the line. What are you talking about, you idiot? No, look, it's perfectly simple. I'm a chicken and I was out for a walk. When you're out for a walk, you cross roads. I really don't know what all the fuss is about. Well, you have to admit, Mrs Chicken, it's rather a peculiar thing to have happened. No, it really isn't. I don't know how this whole thing got started, quite frankly, and I'm sick of hearing about it. There have been many reports since the event that there were other sightings on the road that day. A turkey, for example, a duck, a dinosaur was one report, although I think that may have been a hoax sighting. (sighs) Can you confirm any of these sightings? No. 
It makes it sound like a bloody field trip from the zoo. It was nothing more than a normal chicken out for a walk who crossed the road. That's it. Nothing more. Right. That's it. I'm off. Oh, just just uh, one more question, Mrs Chicken, please. Fine. Go on then. When you were crossing the road that day, is it in fact true that you had a dead monkey stapled to you? Walk off. Fascinating. Well, that's it for News Pipe this week. Join us next time when we'll be asking just who exactly is it that's there. Goodbye. Strange but true. It's strange but true. Strange but true. It's strange but true. Strange but true. It's strange but true. (laughs) (laughs) Flies are deaf. (laughs) <laughs> is that why they never fly out of the window when I'm shouting, get the fuck out of yeah. this house? They can't actually hear you, so th- really? there's no point in, in shouting at flies. <laughs> Which I do. Yeah. A lot of. They can't now, hear is it because Why is that? Is it because they haven't got ears? Or... Yeah, they haven't got any ears. They've got tiny little hearing apparatus at the end of their antennas, but they make such a noise oh, with their that... wings... That they, they it drowns out anything yeah, else. I was I was genuinely I was just going to say that as a joke, but is, that is the thing. Yeah. Their buzzing is so loud that yeah. they can't hear they themselves can't hear speak anything. because they're buzzing. Because <laughs> flies speak. Well, yeah, they can't hear themselves think because they're buzzing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I suppose that makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, why would flies need to hear? Yeah, because they've got eyes that move all around, don't they? So they can they can see you coming when you go to squat them. Oh yeah, and. It's like, can't they sleep? see in slow motion yeah. sort of thing? Yeah, Because they've got, I don't know, 80 million eyes that <laughs> slow time and now down. it's time for science hour. <laughs> A fly has got 80 million eyes that slows down time. And it can't hear anything purely because of the noise that its own wings make. <laughs> this has gone really strange. <laughs> strange but, <laughs> but true. true. Yeah. Strange but true. It's strange but true. Paul and Nessa's happy hour, running up the down escalator and flicking the V's to the security camera. There you go, episode 10, another show finished. Hmm. And we hope you've enjoyed it. Please keep listening, sharing and downloading. Yep, and don't forget to interact with us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. We're at PN Happy Hour. Have a look at our YouTube channel as well. And, uh, well, we'll we'll see you on the next Happy Hour. (laughs) We won't hear you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the flies won't. There you go, just have a rinse and spit, Mrs. Carr. Thanks. So what do you think? Well, there's a mild case of gum disease there. That's not uncommon. We can sort that out. But I can see what's causing you the pain. Oh, great. I've been in agony for weeks now. Yes. You said your last dentist replaced all your old fillings last year. Yes, He recommended I get them all done together. Yeah, and he told you that he used the new white, natural-looking amalgam? Yes. I paid quite a bit extra for that, actually. Hmm, yeah. Well, he hasn't used amalgam, I'm afraid, Mrs Carr. That's the problem. He's actually used past members of the Euro-Caribbean disco reggae group Boney M. What? I don't even like the disco reggae genre. It's derivative at best. Yeah, well, that's probably what's causing you the pain. 
Uh, you've got Frank Farian filling your lower right premolar there. Uh, a mix of Liz Mitchell and Sheila Bonnick creating a, a little bridge here just at the front. And uh, well, Bobby Farrell is writing a follow-up to Ra Ra Rasputin in your upper left molar. It's quite catchy, actually. I see. Well, can you fix it? It's going to cost you. You've been listening to Paul and Nessa's Happy Hour. Conceived, written and performed by Paul Dunn and Nessa Caron. Sketches were written by Paul Dunn and Nessa Caron. Magala was written by Tim Gambrell and featured the additional voices of David Foster, Jordan Todd, Hazel Pude, Michael Grist and Harriet Ghost. Incidental music was by Kevin MacLeod at incompetech.filmmusic.io. The script editor was Paul Dunn. Happy Hour is a Cranked Anvil production. Hey, Hey, see you next time. See you later.